<laughs> I don't even know how to intro this. Um, what's going on? My name is Ashley Jade and most of you guys will know me from photography and directing, um, which I've been doing for the last eight years of my life. But I decided that I'm kind of ready to be more of a face and more of a personality and kind of do more things where I have to put myself more at the forefront. So I decided that I want to do a podcast. Even though you can't see me, you can still hear me. So this is my starting point. When I decided to do a podcast, I didn't really have a main theme in mind. I just realised that the conversations I was having with people, whether it's friends or just like random people that I meet, they were really, really intriguing. And I thought, you know what, this would be a great kind of um, theme for a podcast because not only are we talking about serious matters, like we're also having a little bit of banter on the side as well. And I thought it's like the perfect blend. You know, it's not too serious for too long, but then it's not just talking shit for ages. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, I thought, let me, let me try this. Let me see how it goes. Um, so yeah, guys, if you like it, let me know. And if you have any suggestions on topics or people to speak with, uh, yeah, just let me know. Today I want to talk about a subject that's really, really close to home and I thought today would be a perfect day to talk about it because I'm really missing somebody and um, I feel like maybe this will make me feel a little bit better. It might make me cry, I don't know. <laughs> I feel a bit like I'm going to cry already. But um, today I wanted to talk about what the journey is like when you're caring for somebody that has dementia and Parkinson's. Um, if you guys follow me, you'll see recently that my granddad passed away and it will be a month tomorrow that he passed away. And the journey leading up to him leaving us was a really long one and he got Parkinson's when I was 10. And obviously when I was 10, I didn't know what was going on. I just knew that my granddad was a little bit ill and I didn't really understand anything and then there's this weird middle ground where from I don't know like I don't know about 12 to I would say 17 I don't remember much I remember because I lived with my nan when I lived with my nan when I was 16 during my last couple months of secondary school because I stayed at my secondary school in Essex because I'm originally from Essex. So I stayed there to complete my GCSEs, but at that time we had moved to London, me and my mum. So instead of having to commute from London every day, it was just too long. So I used to stay at my nan's most of the days of the week. And um, <clears throat> sorry, the hay fever's kicking in as well. My nose is so runny. My nose always be running. Oh, okay, sorry. That's so disgusting that you guys are going to hear that. I'm going to have to cut that out. That is not cute. <coughs> so, 16, I'm at school. And, you know, I see my nan and granddad every day. And I just loved living there. It was actually so much fun. And then I remember 16, 17 started... No, 16 to... Se yeah. 16, 17, 18, I was working. And... 
didn't really, from what I remember, I don't really remember seeing my nan and granddad too much because I was really working and I was just like, you know, being a teenager, like I just passed my driving, I was at college, I had beanies and everything. So I was out here living my best life. I was like, yes, I'm fly with my little Fiat Ponto, beep, beep, what are you saying? All of that, yeah, that was me rolling. What, you wanna go to a rave? All right, cool, let's go. <laughs> I was just on it. So I don't really remember much like being around my grandparents as much that time. Um, but then when I when I turned 19, I remember I became my granddad's carer and my nan proposed it to me because she was just like, you know, you can get paid. Like they pay you money and you could just care for him. You only have to come here like once or twice a week and just help out. And she was just like, you don't even have to do that if you don't want to, da, 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 just take the money. And she said that because that's when I started doing like my photography and stuff really seriously. And I, I quit my job. So I literally had no money. And I'd broken up with a boyfriend that my first ever, my first proper boyfriend. And I was just in a really bad place, had no money, broken hearted, didn't want to live no more. Like seriously, depression on a hundred. Like, so um, I started looking after my nan and granddad. And I guess that that helped me so much because it gave me a purpose. Like I knew I had to go and help and I didn't have to, like my nan never forced me to do anything. But to me, it just felt right. I felt like, yeah, no, like I would go there and I would see that she kind of needed help. Um, so then I would go and help out just doing little things like going food shopping, cook dinner, um, cleaning up the house and stuff, taking my granddad to any appointments that he had, taking my nan to any appointments. Um, yeah, literally just, just little things like that. And, um, I ended up caring for my granddad until I was 22, I think. And the only reason that I stopped caring for him was because I had to make a decision whether I wanted to really pursue my career or... I hate saying this. Oh my God, why am I crying on a fucking podcast? What a flower man, bruv. All right. Where's my meat meal, bruv? I need to play some meat meal and get G'd up again. My granddad would, my granddad would call me a proper pussy all right now. <laughs> all right. So as you can tell, obviously that decision still triggers me to this day because I felt like, well, I feel like because of that decision that I made to pursue work, it led him to having to go into a home because my nan couldn't look after him by herself. Um, the rest of my family were very busy or they just couldn't deal with it as well um, in the moment. So he, uh, he went into a home and he never wanted to go into a home. When people get Parkinson's or dementia, a lot of the time they're really, really scared. Um, they don't really know what's going on because, you know, a part of their brain is wearing away. So if they don't know where they are more time, they don't know who you are. So naturally they're just very scared and that can lead them to being quite violent. And there was times when my granddad was really, really violent because he didn't understand what was going on. He didn't know where he was. And he was frustrated as well. Like, you know, imagine all the things that you, 
the freedom that you have is slowly being taken away from you like slowly 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 you can't do this you can't do that so naturally he was getting quite angry and aggressive so my nan couldn't handle him by herself and eventually he had to go into our home and you know when he was in a home it wasn't terrible like you know I always had fears that like he was in a home and you know secretly this could be happening like I was so like I was so on edge a lot of the time and you know there'll be some nights I'll just be crying I would literally just be crying because I'd just be like what if something's happening and we have no idea like I was so paranoid but I feel like you kind of can get a, a vibe from the home and we was quite lucky with our experience to be honest because the home that my granddad went into was very very like it was just very calm like it was nice like the people were cool um my nan was there every single day every day so it became like a second home um so I believe in my heart that it was okay he was in a home for three years and you know eventually the Parkinson's just got worse and worse and dementia got worse and worse. And when people are in a home, you know, there's so many patients that they're looking after. Most of the time, they're just kind of sitting in their chair um, and just watching TV. So naturally, my granddad's legs started to kind of give up. So it got to the point where he couldn't walk anymore and he just had to stay in a wheelchair which was really sad because it happened so quick, really, really quick. And it just shows you like, if you don't exercise something, whether that's, you know, um, you know, for example, if you, if you don't exercise at all, you're put on weight and you keep eating a certain way, you know, it was the same rules applied. If you don't use your legs, eventually they will stop working. And that was really tough to watch. It was tough watching him trying to get himself up, but he couldn't hold himself up anymore. And it happened really quick within like the space of a year. But that's kind of how it happens, to be honest. It just, things just happen so quick. And then unfortunately he got to a place where his Parkinson's had just really increased and he was at his last stages. So at the end of March, 2018, um, I remember I was having an amazing week, like, oh my god, everything was, like, business was booming, I was just like, oh my god, I've got all these shoots, I've made this, all this money, and I'm doing speaking engagements, and I'd just done a sick speech at, um, um, at a college, and I was just so happy, like, I was on a thousand, and then um, I was coming back from a meeting on that Thursday after doing my talk and my nan just said to me he's dying and I remember hearing her say this and just thinking I don't even know what to say like I don't even know I don't know what to do all I know is that I'm on my way down I'm on my way to come and see you guys and he was in hospital and he was in hospital for about two and a half weeks. And eventually we had to have the talk with the doctor where they said to us, what would you want us to do? Because 
he was being fed through a tube and he couldn't eat no more because the part of his brain that tells him to chew and swallow had completely disappeared so he couldn't eat anymore so they said that we have two options we can either do an operation and insert a tube into his stomach which will keep him alive for a bit longer but eventually he's gonna I think the word they said was aspirate I'm not sure but basically it was he's gonna end up choking on his own saliva which is gonna fill up his lungs and eventually suffocate and pass away and I just remember thinking oh my god that is that's just awful he can't we can't do that because he literally has no life at the moment you know he can't do anything he's just in bed um sleeping mostly all day and I just thought no that's not that's not a nice option and then the other option was to take the tube out and just feed him little and often and they would give him medicine to cure any pain that he has and he would eventually starve and pass away so both options are awful (laughs) both options are horrible but I remember saying to my nan it's time like we have to let him go now there's no point holding on to him any longer because my granddad didn't even want to be here. He used to always say it. And it was so horrible. But he'd be like, I don't want to live anymore. I want to die. Da, 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 da. And I was just like to my dad, we've gone against these wishes twice now. He said that he doesn't want to be here anymore. We've kept him alive. He said he didn't want to go into a home. We took him to a home. We now have to let him rest. Like We have to. So we decided to go with the second option. And... We brought him from the hospital back to the home so that he could like be comfortable and all the people, the carers would be there to support us and really check on him, make sure everything was fine. And he was at the home for about five, six days, maybe just under a week before he actually passed away. And I remember going to the home Monday night it was like two days before he passed away because my nan had called me and said that the home one of the night nurses had said his breathing had gone a bit funny so I was literally on call at any moment any moment anything happened I'm there so I went there at like I don't know like 10 30 11 o'clock at night and he was okay but his fingers were really really purple and when their fingers are purple that's a sign that they're they're dying and they're about to pass soon um and I remember just staying there that night staying there with my nan and granddad and I was so on edge oh my god I was so on edge anything anything like he could breathe a little bit out of out of the normal rhythm and I would sit up straight away and just watch him and be like oh my god because I was I just thought, what if he leaves and I don't notice? Like, I don't want to be in the room and all of a sudden just realise, oh my God, he's not here no more. Like, I wanted to be there for his last breath. So I stayed there and I just made a little bed on the floor next to his bed and just, I couldn't sleep. I stayed up all night, all night, stayed up. 
oh god in the morning I was so finished my back was all over the place like oh my neck I remember it but there was something so beautiful about that night that I spent there and it was really um it was quite comforting I don't know it's really weird to explain but essentially that was the last night that I spent with my granddad and I remember thinking okay cool I'm gonna go do what I've got to do I need to go home and kind of just get a little sleep in because I'm probably gonna come back tomorrow um or tonight but I remember my dad saying no he's fine don't worry you don't have to come back and I remember I had work as well the next day so I said you know what let me do let me just stay here for the next two days and then I'll go there and stay there again Thursday and then I'm gonna stay all weekend with him as well but when it got to Wednesday evening um, for some reason I was up really late and I'm not really up late I'm not really a night owl well I wasn't now I've become a night owl again but um as soon as my phone rang at like 1 one in the morning I knew straight away what it was and my dad called me and said they had left us and I never got to Essex so quick in my life <laughs> I drove so fast so so fast so fast to the point where people on the motorway thought I was trying to race them and I had to breeze out I was just like no (laughs) not today like I'm not on racing today because if you know me I'm a racer (laughs) but I got there in like 20 minutes I was driving so fast and it was so weird because as soon as I got there I just broke down and I was just crying like yeah like crying kind of like that that that, like screaming crying and I've never done that before I've never experienced that I've only seen it in films (laughs) so and I just remember crying and it lasted for like 10 minutes of me just crying crying and just like just saying sorry to him and just hugging him and and it was just so weird because like Within 10 minutes, I just stopped crying and I just had this sense of peace all through my body. And I just had the chair next to him and I remember sitting there just looking at him and I felt him and he started to started to feel cold. And it was so weird because all I kept thinking was, can you imagine, can you imagine like how these mums must feel when their child has been killed? Like... And feeling their child like that. It was horrible enough for me to feel my granddad cold and knowing that he's left us. But I was so grateful that I'd had him and he had died at an older age, at an age where you kind of expect people to leave us. But I just couldn't, I just couldn't come to peace with how, how you would come to peace with that if that is your child. It just, I don't know why I was thinking about it and I just kept thinking of that young boy Harry that died and I just kept thinking how does his mom feel like how did his mom feel during this time like when you're sitting there and looking at your son who's just been killed like who's been murdered like it was such a weird space that I was in literally that's all I thought about and I just kept thinking about my ex-boyfriend's little brother and how his mum must have felt when he when she had seen her son like that, you know? And it was just a really weird... It was just really weird because I didn't expect myself to go to that place. But I did. And it just made me so, so grateful. So grateful that I had 
been so blessed to be with this man for like well obviously not the full 74 years but um during the time that I had met him for my last 26 years of my life that I got to spend with him because some people don't even get to spend that with their children so the reason why I wanted to share that story with you is because I now looking back on the time that I had spent with my granddad and watching him go through this whole journey of Parkinson's and dementia, there was definitely some tips that I would love to advise people on if they are in a similar position because I wish that I had had this understanding or knew kind of how to handle him a bit better during the times that he was um, developing Parkinson's and dementia. I have a couple tips that I want to share with you and first of all I just want to say that it is not easy for anybody in that situation whether you are the person with dementia and Parkinson's or whether you are someone that cares for them and I'm not talking about caring as in a job I'm talking about just caring in general you have love for them that's your family member it's such a it's such a difficult thing to watch but it's such a beautiful time to spend with someone if you are spending time with them and you will have so many you'll have so many memories some memories not nice but other memories because (laughs) when when someone has Parkinson's or dementia they do some funny shit I'm telling you like oh I remember coming home one day and my granddad looked so sick in these pair of jeans. I was like, oh, hey, Johnny, walk one. Like, them jeans are nice, you know. They're all right. My nun's even like, where'd you get them jeans from? They look nice. Then obviously, I'm trying to look for my jeans because I need to change. But I can't find them. <laughs> these times, Montana's walking around in my jeans. I was just like, how the hell did you even get in them? My skinny self and your fat belly. I don't even know how you got them <laughs> it made me laugh so much that was so funny oh gosh really funny things but um you just gotta enjoy these moments all these moments you have with them you have to enjoy them because they they are literally all you're gonna have at the end of the day so my top tips for caring for someone with parkinson's or dementia would be number one and i think this is the biggest tip of all you have to be patient literally you have to be patient with them you have to be patient with yourself because there are going to be times where you just want to fly kick them because they're pissing you off (laughs) there was times my granddad was so annoying I used to just be like Johnny listen give me 10 minutes because I just need to go for a walk (laughs) oh my god there was times oh gosh I remember just oh what did he used to do that used to annoy me or he would do something and it would break and he would do it again once I fixed it and then he would do it again and I'd be like brother you're really testing my patience you know so you have to be patient you have to even other things like for example um my granddad couldn't walk as fast so you have to be patient you have to slow down and be able to walk with them um and just take time literally like my granddad used to take forever to get up the stairs and I used to be like I need to pee go 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 quick walk Johnny quick get up the stairs I need to go past you but I couldn't rush him so I used to have to do this trick where I would jump over the banisters and climb up like three steps above him 
and then go because you don't want to rush them if you rush them they get flustered and then they get frustrated and angry and you just don't need to do that it's just not necessary so really take your time with them really be patient and if they are getting on your last nerve just take a moment just be like you know what yeah give me two minutes I'm gonna be right back go do some meditation I don't know whatever you have to do listen some music do all of that and then return and try again but be patient please tip number two be understanding sometimes I just didn't get it like I'd just be like oh why are you trying to walk for like you keep falling over just sit down just sit down kept trying to sit him down oh my god every time you stand up you're gonna fall can you just sit down please can you sit down can you sit down but I didn't put myself in his shoes and understand that he don't want to sit down he wants to do something he wants to walk around so again being patient comes into that but really being able to put yourself in their shoes and understand that you know it's just as frustrating for them as it is for us and we have to try and make it easier for them however that is however we can so really try to be understanding number three keep them active take them out if they enjoy swimming or something take them swimming anything you can even if it's just going for a walk in the park literally anything you can I remember my granddad coming to my house and he loves West Ham so I remember I just took him for a walk to West Ham Stadium that was it and he was cool when I saw the Bobby Moore stand we've done it so many times before we've gone to West Ham matches all the time when I was younger but you know, he he was bored, he just wanted something to do, he just wanted to walk around, go somewhere, so I drove around the corner, parked up, walked up and down, took a couple of pictures, got back in the car, went back, that's it, and he was cool, then he's, he's tired by that time, literally, when people get older, they're literally like children, they just need taken out for a little bit, do a couple activities, and they'll be tired anyway, they don't want to be out all day, so that's all he wanted, just a little bit of activity, and then come back, and he was cool. Tip number four, cooking healthy meals and drinking water. My granddad hated water with a passion. Oh my god, the times I had to lie to him. <laughs> I'm like, Johnny, drink this, drink this. Yeah, yeah, drink it, drink it. It's really nice. Yeah. He would drink it and he'd just spit it out. He'd be like, oh, what is that? I'd be like, please, Johnny, it's water. You have to drink it. He hated water. And there was times I'd just be like, please, Johnny, do it for me, please. And I'd just make him drink it. Like, please, if you do this, I'll give you sweets. Like, do it. I had to bribe him and everything. But it didn't happen that often. So when he did drink water, I'd be so happy. And cooking healthy meals. Where if I knew what I knew now, I would have never gave him any meat at all. I would have put him on a plant-based diet. But at that time, I wasn't even aware of any of that. But I just used to cook. I used to just cook him stuff like stewed chicken. Um, I used to cook him salmon. All these different types of stews. And I'd give him plantain. And yeah, I was always making him try new things. And he was always happy to eat. He used to love my cooking. And he would sit in the kitchen while I'd be cooking. And just like, talk to me. Sometimes he would just try and help. <laughs> Bless him. I don't know, just be sitting on a chair. I could just be 
cooking, singing, dancing. You just sit there and just be entertained, just be watching. Or we have a little TV on, watch a bit of TV while I was cooking. And he'd be, always be my taste buddy all the time. I'd always be like, does this taste nice? Do you like it? Yeah, yeah, cool. He liked it, it was all good. I was always cooking, cooking for him all the time. I used to love cooking for him. I used to make sure that I used to cook him fresh meals at least once a day when I was there. So that's a big thing. Always do healthy and fresh meals if you can. Tip number five, take them to new places and to meet new people. My granddad was very anti as time went on. He started to hate people. Like he did not want to go nowhere. He didn't want to see no one. Um, and I remember taking him to work one day and I will never forget that day. It was so lovely. And I took him to Covent Garden and I was a bit nervous because I was like, oh my God, there's so many people and I don't know how he's gonna feel. Like it might be a bit too hectic for him because he didn't like being in busy places. But the job that I had was um, outside the Sunglass Hut and they had people performing. So it'd be like a live acoustic session outside the shop. And I, my granddad used to be a musician when he was younger. That's what he used to do. And I knew that he would really enjoy it. So I was like, cool, you know what? I'm gonna take you to Covent Garden and you're gonna sit down and watch this then we'll go get some food. And he loved that day. My nan, I remember her saying he has not stopped talking about that day for like two to three weeks. He did not stop talking about it. And that literally made my heart melt. I felt so happy that I got to take him to work. Like, oh, and I remember he was even in the little video as well. <laughs> And um, everyone was fussing over him. Everyone was like, oh, granddad, come. We're getting him a little seat. He had like a little VIP section. He had all these little fans around him. I was here for it. I was like, cool, he's settled. He's having fun. He's clapping along. He was, yeah, he was in his zone. He was so happy. And um, we went out to eat after and he was talking away to all like my work colleagues and stuff talking away telling them all these stories it was beautiful and everyone was just like oh your granddad's wicked like he's so cool and yeah that really um that really made him feel happy that really made him feel happy so I'll never forget that day that was such a great day so don't be afraid to take them new places and to meet new people and let them socialize just let them talk my granddad used to like switch between times let's say he'll be talking about the present and then all of a sudden he'll start talking about the past sometimes it's quite hard to understand but it didn't it doesn't matter don't be embarrassed if what they're saying doesn't make sense it doesn't matter just let them talk people know that they're not 100% well and if they judge them then that's their business like they're disgusting forget them but don't ever feel embarrassed that somebody is ill and they're not making 100% of what they're saying. Let them be free and talk. Um, tip number one, two, three, four, five, six. Tip number six. Stay together as a family. If you can, organise something between your family on who is going to look after um, the, the person with the illness at what time and you know, just get like a schedule together where one family member can stay with them, you know, for this amount of time and then they will go to this person and, you know, keep it like in the family for as long as you can. Obviously, everyone has a mad schedule and everyone's got their own life, but 
is so much more beneficial to keep the person in their own home, in their own comfort, around people that they know. Um, Really use going into a home as a last resort and just try to keep it all in the family for as long as you can. I believe that you can actually look after someone for a very long time, as long as there's a lot of you that are putting in the, the work, you know? Try as much as you can to keep keep a, a, a routine as well within the family, until it gets to the point where you do need extra help, and then the decision's down to you. And the last tip that I would give is to speak to them. You know, really try to talk to them and make sense of what's going on. Um, and talk to them and ask them how they're feeling talk to them and ask what they want a lot of the time it's hard because they don't make sense and they don't know what they want at times and other times they're here with us and they do know what they want they do know what they're saying don't ever feel like the person is completely gone because they're not they're still here it's just they're not here a hundred percent of the time they just they're just in and out and there's nothing wrong with that it's just Really try to speak to them when they are here. And when they're not here, just accommodate for their their comfort, you know. Whether they want to sit there and tell you the same story that they've told you 50,000 times. Sit there and just listen. And just be like, okay, cool, yep, yep, yep. Or if there's someone new, they'll be like, oh, go tell them that story. And let someone else learn the story that you've heard how many times. But yeah, don't, don't feel like they're not a person anymore or they they don't understand or they're not here they are here they do know what's going on it just may not be the the whole time that they're here that they understand but they have feelings you know that just because they're ill doesn't mean that all of a sudden they lose every human um sense like they know what's going on it's just at certain moments they're not here that's it like don't don't treat them like, you know, they're just something that's just dying, because, you know, it's just not right, it's not right, so just try and keep as normal as you can around them, when it comes to things like hallucinations and stuff, I'm not 100% sure how you should handle that, because my granddad used to hallucinate a lot, oh my god, and it used to scare the shit out of me, we'd be at the top of the stairs and they'd be like, tell that man to get out the house, tell them to move now, I'm trying to get down the stairs, I can't get past them, and I was just sitting there thinking, brother, what are you seeing right now, because you're scaring me right now, I'm not trying to walk around this yard at night, because I don't know what dimension you're seeing, but you must be seeing something, like, I don't know, it. like, I don't know what world you're in, but something felt very real about that, so... I don't know what to advise when it comes to that stuff because who are we to say that what they're seeing isn't real? But I definitely would say, I was, I used to say to him, Johnny, there's no one there. I can't see anyone, but I will tell them to move. And I'd just be like, excuse me, can you go? Can you go? And then, you know, and you always see a guy with a big, a big black hat on. I don't know what that represents, but um, yeah, it was scary. <laughs> that shit was scary, bro. But um, yeah, that's all I have for you for this podcast. Please excuse the crying. As I said, it's a very fresh wound that I'm dealing with right now. <sighs> it's been a lot. It's been a lot. But we're grateful. I'm so grateful for all the times I got to spend my granddad. He was literally the biggest G in life. The kindest, most beautiful spirit ever would help anybody and oh 
do anything for anyone. He was so selfless, like it was just beautiful, selfish, selfless, that is the right word, yeah. He'll do anything for anyone basically. And this guy will always have my heart, always. So yeah, that's all I got. And let me know if you have any questions on, you know, caring for someone with Parkinson's or dementia. There's so many different types. Um, My granddad had Louis body dementia as well. So if you have any questions, please feel free to get in touch. You can hit me up on Instagram. My Instagram is at Ashley Jade, Jade with four E's. And Twitter is Miss Ashley Jade. Feel free to ask any questions. And again, if you have any suggestions for topics to talk on this podcast, let me know. Um, I'm calling this hashtag stay queen in because that is just something that I believe we should always stay queen in because we are all queens. And if there's mandem listening to this, you stay king in because you are a king. And we can get through anything that God puts us in any situation like we will get through it eventually you just always have to try and see the good in everything my granddad leaving me was a blessing because so many things have happened over these years for caring for him you know being being you know in my early 20s and learning how you know what happens when you do become ill and how you how you can lose so much and losing your freedom and stuff like living in a home, seeing how the home is set up and just all of that was such a huge experience, such a huge experience, being around all these older people, I used to be in the home a lot, so I would see so many old people and just made you realise like what potentially can happen at the end of our lives, you have to live it, you have to live it but at the same time you have to think forward, you have to get yourself in a position where if something's happening, you kind of have the freedom, maybe just financially, to support yourself, because you do not want to depend on the NHS, I'm telling you, bruv, if you can get that private healthcare, get it, because I'm telling you, this NHS stuff wasn't the best, we can't complain, we don't pay for it, you get what you pay for, that's what I would say, so really take into consideration, you know, prepare for later on in life, I'm only 26 but all I think about is making sure that I'm set up and even things like my granddad didn't have insurance so we had to find the money to pay for his funeral, stuff like that, I'm now looking into getting my own life insurance, I'm 26, I'm gonna be paying that shit off because listen, I'm trying to have a funeral like biggie out here bruv, I want people in the streets, I want them paying meat meal, dreams and nightmares and I want wins and losses, I want all of that issues, all of that, I want that played on my funeral, <laughs> you don't think I'm joking and I want some Jay-Z, reasonable doubt, all of that, all of that, what song do I want? Oh no, that wouldn't really go. I was gonna say, can I live? But that ain't really gonna go, is it? Maybe J. Cole is, yeah, J. Cole, can I live as well? That's my tune. But anyway, and make sure everyone's dressed in white. So anyone that's listening to this, this is my funeral demands. Everyone must dress in white. I want a block party. You best drive me up and down the streets of East London. Drive me to Essex. I want the whole A13 stopped. I want... I want to hear Bear Jay-Z, Meat Mill, J. Cole playing out the sides of the cars, everything. Make sure the shit is lit. 
all right but anyway thank you for tuning in and god knows when i'm going to do the next podcast when i feel inspired but i'm going to try and stay consistent with this i will i will and if you enjoyed this let me know and yeah stay queen and girls hey. yeah yeah i just try maybe i'm too hopeless Lying, put that shit up to the sky and let it fly Put it out there, I'm the dopest Pull it, that bullshit to the side and ride the tide Cause really I've been losing focus Pull up, tell my studio I'm vibe But don't be shy, I'm with the sworn that we some locusts Now they don't know woke us. Yeah.